Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to say that this is one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded so far. Not only is my guest Stephanie an awesome, optimistic person, but this episode and the topic character, Mame Dennis, really get to the heart of why I started this podcast in the first place. I'll say it again later on in it, but really I just want to come up front and let everybody know you're in for a treat. Not only does the message of the character really resonate with me personally, but I think it can for a lot of you. And anything that's going on in your life, this is an episode that I feel like you'll be able to turn back to and go like, wow, this really helped. So anyway, I'll let you get to it. I hope you enjoy the episode and let's get started. kind of got you into theater in the first place? So when I was younger, like five or six years old, I was pretty shy, um, which is a surprise to a lot of people because I'm not so shy now. Um, But my mom was like, we need to kind of get her socializing and um, making a group of friends. So she put me in theater camp and (laughs) I got bitten by the bug, so to speak. And I just never stopped from there. So it was just summer camp, just one one time at drama camp, <laughs> like band camp, but worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> but better in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the the drama, but on the stage and backstage. Okay. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Character Progression. I'm here with Stephanie, who actually is a former manager of mine at Universal Studios. How are you? Great. Everything's awesome. It's been a couple of crazy months since um, Halloween, but all good stuff. Awesome. Uh, so what character are you going to talk about today? So I'll be talking about Mame from um, a lot of things, actually. <laughs> um, Auntie Mame, the film, and Mame, the musical. And I guess she was a real person at some point, but I know her in the fictional form. So yeah, we're kind of skating the line with this one. She was a real person, but the version of her that we're going to be talking about here is a fictionalized take on her. Uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about who Mame is? Sure. Um, So Mame is a, I guess the best way to star is just to say that she's kind of a strong female lead. Um, And I know that has a lot of implications today, but the version of her that I'm so familiar with is from many decades ago. She's from a Jerry Herman musical. So Jerry Herman women are always larger than life and Beautiful, but not in the traditional sense. She has a, the most amazing personality. Um, Mame, basically, she's a woman who lives in New York City, and she treats every single day like a complete celebration of life, not just on holidays or on weekends, but every single day is, is a unique adventure for her and a celebration. And when her nephew comes to live with her after both of his parents pass, she teaches him how to live a life that you can be proud of, to live a life that you're really enjoying every single moment. And that's what I love so much about her, is that she she really spends time teaching her nephew, Patrick, how to live, how to truly live, not just um, exist, but live every single day. That's, that's really cool. Was that something that the fictionalized version of her shared with the real version? Yeah, absolutely. And and Patrick Dennis kind of wrote a book about his Auntie Mame, which is what Auntie Mame and the musical Mame were based off of. And in both 
in both versions, the real version and the fictionalized version of her, she has that personality. But I guess, like you do in musical theater, <laughs> it's made larger than life, and she sings about it. Okay. And then what ways has liking this musical influenced your life in a positive way? It's it's so hard to, to pinpoint specific ways, but I guess the best way I can say it is that MAME was one of the first musicals I was in as a child. I was like eight years old, and I auditioned for a production of it in community theater, which is unusual, as many theaters don't produce the show anymore. Um, because she's it's, it's not, nothing crazy happens, it's so ordinary, but I think that as an eight-year-old, being in the show and, and experiencing it, even if it is technically considered ordinary, she inspired me as a child because it really was so focused on her as a character and her as a, as a woman, not just as a, you know, some musical about a man. It, it was about somebody who, who children really could admire. And at eight, I was so taken by her and the woman playing her in our production was absolutely incredible. So I'll, I'll kind of never forget that. But I guess in, in the ways that she's influenced my life, they're, they're so numerous. I mean, just the, her idea that life is for living and that you should never settle for things that you don't want. I mean, it, over the course of, of the story, the depression hits, and instead of letting it take away her spirit when it takes away everything else in her home, I mean, in the, in the film version, you literally see the movers coming into her home and, and repossessing every single item she owns. And instead of letting it get her down, that's when that song, We Need a Little Christmas, which is what that song is from, that everybody oh, knows. Okay, <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's so everyone knows it, but that's where it's from. And, and instead of letting the depression, in the movie she says, we shall not let the depression depress us. And she puts up all of her tinsel and, and the wreaths on the fireplace and they all dance around and they sing that song. And then she meets the love of her life. And it, it just, it inspires me even when I just think about it because, it, you know, it's that idea that even when really terrible things happen, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel if you're able to get through the really difficult stuff. All right. I mean, that Christmas thing. <laughs> just kind of hits. Anything else in the play that specifically kind of stands out to you as one of those inspirational moments? Yeah, definitely. There's a song in the musical called Open a New Window, and just before the song starts, she looks at her nephew, who's 10 years old. I mean, he's so young, and he's still wearing, you know, funeral attire, dark clothing, and he looks so depressed and Mame looks at Patrick and she says, look at you. you, you look like you just came from a funeral. And he says, I did. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, that's not going to work here and, and we're going to we're gonna change that. I'm going to show you things that you didn't even know existed. And she sings the song, Open a New Window, which is really just about trying something new every single day and, and not letting life get drab, not allowing yourself to fall into patterns that, that depress you. And I think for a lot of us, especially me today and every day, it's so relevant in this generation, we're so go, go, go all the time where yeah. all we do is work. <laughs> and all of us are like, okay, well, what are you doing today? And it's like, oh, I'm going to this job. And then after eight hours, I'm going to my second job and we pull a double and yeah. it's the hustle. We got to pay the bills. But Mame's whole thing is, you know, you can do all of those things. But instead of just focusing every day on punching that time clock over and over again, we can actually incorporate things that are special like you know in the song her example is a toasting with a new vintage or whistling a new love song like just minute things in each day that make the day special and unique for us and, and that song she's encouraging patrick and everyone the audience to do that and that that song i sing to myself all the time <laughs> when hmm. i feel like i'm stuck in a rut okay which i feel sometimes 
All right. Well, I won't ask you to sing any of it. <laughs> so would you say kind of the single best lesson taught to you by her is that it's kind of embrace life and do what you can to stay out of ruts and just make life more enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, she she says a line throughout the film, um, earlier in the film, and then towards the end of the film when Patrick has his son, and she says, and, and pardon the language, she says, life's a banquet and most poor sons of bitches are starving to death. <laughs> and I think about that a lot. You know, we have so much to gain from this world and this lifetime, and most people don't experience a fraction of it. And I, so, yeah, I think that's definitely the most important thing I've learned from her, but just how to be a woman, a person that is valued and loved, and how you can value yourself, and that in turn will make others see your value. That's really awesome, actually. Like, I've seen the movie uh, with Lucille Ball, but I've never seen the play, and I kind of want to look that up now. Yeah, I, I think it, they're they're similar in most ways. I, From what I remember, I mean, there were a couple of songs that were in the musical, like That's How Young I Feel, which is a great song. I mean, Mae is so vivacious and and that song perfectly exemplifies that and they don't they don't put that in the film it just didn't fit into kind of the way the sequence of events was happening um as it was in film and the film was already so long to begin with but overall they're 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 similar stories i guess the only difference is that lucille ball being the giant star that she was at the time was was their ultimate choice for the film because they knew it would sell um Angela Lansbury originated the role on Broadway, and she's unbelievable, but B. Arthur actually played Vera, Mame's friend, in both the original cast and the film version Okay. Lucille Ball. So that's really cool <laughs> that we got to experience her twice. Lucille Ball and B. Arthur together in one thing just sounds amazing. It is literally magic. They <laughs> sing a song called Bosom Buddies, and it's so amazing to see them together. I mean, two giant comedians, like, with such limitless talent and and so many people love and admire them i mean i and i think so many people haven't seen the movie and to me that's such a crime because seeing them together is a joy it's a dream yeah so anyone who hasn't just take a second after this is done and look it up i'm sure it's streaming somewhere everything is at this point Oh, for sure and and even if you just want to watch bosom buddies on youtube i think that that's worthwhile seeing them dance together Uh, All right, so then to get a little bit more meta, you have the ability to speak to Mame. Like, she comes out right now. What do you say to her? Uh, I think the first thing I I say is thank you, which I guess is probably what a lot of people say. Yeah. Um, But not to sound trite, but that really is the first thing that I would say. So many years, I mean, to think that eight-year-old Stephanie was so impacted by this woman that I, I don't think that I could could look at her in the flesh without feeling that way. So I would thank her. But I guess I would also have a lot of questions in the course of the film, and I won't, I don't want to spoil it all together, but um, someone she loves dearly passes. And I, I guess I would want to ask her kind of like how you deal with something like that and how she overcame that because it's such a huge part of the film and such a huge part of life. And I, I guess I would just want to have a conversation with her about all of the amazing things that she's done, especially living in New York City and, and being the person that she is, um, just kind of knowing what she had done in her lifetime that was so extraordinary and maybe finding out what made her the way that she was, like what, what happened in her life that inspired her to live the way that she inspires others to live. And probably Patrick Dennis does explain some of that in, in his book. I mean, admittedly, I've never read it because I've been so enamored with fictional version of Mame that I've never entirely read the book, but I definitely have to because I think it would provide some of that insight. 
That's really cool. All right, this part, feel free to take your time on. If you could speak to somebody who's going through a hard time in their own life right now, using what MAME has taught you and inspired in you, what advice would you give them to kind of help them get through this situation? That's a really good question. I think without even realizing that I'm doing it, I probably do spout a lot of MAME's advice to others when they're asking me about challenges that they're facing in their life because she's so ingrained in who I am. But kind of to use her ideology, I think, you know, I would start with the idea that tragedy does happen and, and difficulties are faced by everybody, and including mega fictional characters like Mame Dennis. It, it, that is hard because, you know, in a way you don't want to sound insensitive and, and so much of what Mame says can, I'd imagine, be taken as trite. Like I said, I, she, her ideology is so optimistic. It's so positive. And I, and I do believe and I think that too much positivity um, without being countered by a little bit of sensible realism is dangerous. Yeah. And I find myself being recklessly optimistic and I kind of have to check myself on that. And I wouldn't want to make somebody feel like their tragedies or their challenges aren't valued. So I guess just really leveling with them and, and talking to them about how, you know, what they're facing is valid and acceptable. And but, but also kind of filling them with that reminder that nothing lasts forever. Nothing is permanent, good and bad. And that you know, we, sh we can't wait for days that are designated as celebrations to celebrate, even on our days that are most difficult. It's so helpful to find that silver lining and to find something to be thankful for, like we need a little Christmas. I mean, Patrick says in the song, it's it's just after Thanksgiving. And, and I mean, today most people celebrate Christmas weeks before Thanksgiving even begins. But right. Just, you know, that idea that like, even in moments where you don't think you're going to need that bright light, it's so helpful just to find it. Even in the mundane stuff, like putting up tinsel. So kind of just telling that person to do what makes them happy and to find something even small like going to Lush and buying your favorite bath bomb or <laughs> eating your favorite meal or watching your favorite TV show or reading a book that makes you feel good, you know, filling your life with those small things that make a big difference. And I would probably quote Mae, and I know I have in the past, that life is a banquet and, and most people starve to death not living life. So I think that's what I would say, and, and hopefully <laughs> they wouldn't feel that I was being so optimistic, but I can't help it. I'm hardly cynical. And hmm. maybe this is why, right? Like maybe Mame and all these Jerry Herman women like Dolly Levi, maybe they all made me that way. <laughs> it happens. Like I'm personally a huge fan of Superman, and I have heard the same thing of people like, why do you always look on that bright side? Like this situation sucks. Why are you so... Why are you okay with it? Yeah. And because I'd rather look on the bright side and I'd rather be happy than stew in the hardships that come in life. Right. And, and I think something that Mame does is she does experience her challenges. Like she lets herself face them. Like we see her crying and angry and screaming in the movie and in the show there are parts where she's having it out with Patrick or she's she's mourning a death and, and we watch her experience those moments but just that idea like you said of not stewing in it for long like letting yourself live in that and then moving along and bouncing back from it there's no other way to live right it's so hard like we could spend forever being miserable but I guess the point is why would you when there's so many wonderful things in the world I mean <laughs> not to quote another Jerry Herman musical but they all have I mean in in Hello Dolly um 
Irene says, oh, Dolly, the world is full of wonderful things, and she's crying, and it just makes her so happy, and that's how I feel, and that's how Mame makes me feel, and Jerry Herman's a genius. <laughs> hmm. So listen to Jerry Herman musicals and be happy. <laughs> right, so other than Mame and Hello, Dolly, what are some other ones that he's done? Well, uh, Mame and Dolly are admittedly um, two of his three most popular. La Cage au Fall is the other one that I would say most people know. Um, those are the ones that have made him the most prolific. The other ones never get produced at all. Okay. Um, but they, those three have made him enough money to be rich and famous. And I mean, Hello, Dolly was just revived on Broadway, and that one just toured the country and... I saw it at the Dr. Phillips Center. It was unbelievably good. But those are the three that most people would know. And uh, I think he did a pretty fine job on them all. Okay. But interestingly enough, the, the main characters of all of them are either strong women or men who are dressing up as women. So <laughs> Jerry Herman really likes women, and I really like women, too. They're okay. awesome. <laughs> nice. I like it. That's a, that's a good kind of note to end on. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, women rock, and... I think especially Mame exemplifies all of the, the wonderful things that strong female characters are. And I think that those, you know, especially Mame and, and Dolly inspire so many female leads today. And most, most women aspire to play them in their older careers, <laughs> like me. Okay. So any future casting directors out there who are listening... Uh, Stephanie Alfont for Mame. That's me. Um, please don't forget, because I'd really like to play that role. In, <laughs> in a, I, I know I got a couple decades to go, but <laughs> I'm eager to get there. Let's just skip everything. No, that's what old age makeup's for. We'll oh, yeah, totally. Exactly. And let's be real. I mean, like, Barbara Streisand played Dolly Levi in the film at, like, 29. So Yeah, so, you, so say, you're good. I'm, like, on my way there. <laughs> I'm pretty close. <laughs> so, Stephanie, this was awesome, and this kind of really got to the heart of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Is there anything you're up to plug, anything that you have going on or that you're affiliated with? Yeah, so I do I do a lot of things, and um, I've been teaching, and I music direct at a children's theater, so this spring we're actually doing three shows. We're doing Aladdin Jr., James and the Giant Peach Jr., and the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. So if any of those things interest anyone out there, you can find us on shineinthelimelight.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Stephanie Karen. Karen is C-A-R-I-N. And you can direct message me there and I'll give you details. I also <laughs> teach voice lessons and do tons of other things. I'm working on some projects at Universal. So got a lot on the horizon. <laughs> Have they started rehearsing it for Aladdin? Because if so, I'll bet whoever's genie is the coolest kid in that class. Yeah, we actually just started rehearsals last weekend. And our genie is freaking awesome. She is so cool. And got to be honest, we have a lot of cool kids. And kids inspire me, which is why I do what I do. So they're the ones who really know a lot. If you ever want to know something, just ask a child, hmm. <laughs> especially a theater kid. They okay. know a lot more things than we think they do. All right. I mean, they spend their whole time uh, acting out the roles of adults who have gone through all these things. So I'm sure they have to internalize a lot of it. That's true. Many of them are old souls. And I guess that's why I connect with them so well. They're just hmm. awesome people. Cool. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for being on, Stephanie. Um, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, thank you. It was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody.